0: the Missional Adventure Podcast, telling inspirational stories of Baptists embracing adventure in the mission of God.
1: This is the eighth episode of the Missional Adventure Podcast. Chrissy Remsberg is Associate Pastor at Beacon Church Stafford and talks to Simon about Pub Church, one of the church's many congregations. Hear how years of building relationships and the goodwill of the landlady have helped lead to regular quiz nights and a monthly service. We'd love to hear your own stories of missional adventure. Post it on social media with the hashtag missionaladventure and we'll pick it up and maybe give you a call. So on the missional adventure podcast today, I'm joined by Chrissy from Beacon Church in Stafford. Uh, welcome Chrissy. Hello, thank you. As we always start these podcasts, just tell us a bit about yourself and who you are and where you're based.
2: Yeah, cool. Well, as you said, my name is Chrissy, um, and obviously, by the accent, we will address that I'm an American. I moved to Stafford about a year and a half ago to work at the Beacon Church. So, I'm on a team of pastors. I'm an associate pastor at the church. And the way we function at Beacon is we're one church with many congregations. So, I wear a number of hats, but one of the key things that I do is help to oversee a team who's working on a pub
1: church. Great. Right. So we're going to, we are going to talk about pub church particularly as one of these congregations or do you, do you refer to them as missional communities?
2: We don't call them that, but there certainly are a lot of overlaps there.
1: Talking about the pub church congregation. So just tell us a bit about Beacon Church itself though. And I mean, I think they've been on a journey of having a number of congregations. It's one, pub church is one of how many congregations that it has? Yeah.
2: Been? So it feels like it's ever-changing, but I think that pub church is probably one of about eight congregations, I think, right now. The church started, obviously, originally a San and Roe Baptist church with one small congregation. I think Alex, the senior minister, came about seven years ago, and there are about 40 people. And then from that, the church has sort of grown into a number of other things. So there's two sort of main, more traditional-style congregations on a Sunday morning, And then we do still have a small congregation on Sunday evening there at Sandin Road in that original church building. And then we have sort of what you might think of as missional communities, or some people might think of them as church plants. It's all of those things Mm -hmm. in some ways. And those look uh, in a variety of ways. They take all kinds of shapes and forms. So there's one of our pastors, Kevin, is working out of a, we call it the Beacon Church House. So it's a house that the church has purchased on a a new housing estate. And Kevin is starting a church there out of the house. Obviously, there's the pub church team. We have another very new minister who's come on to do another sort of similar to what Kevin does on Marston Grange, there's another new housing estate. And so we've partnered to get another house there. So it just, it kind of takes, oh, and there's Cafe Church, there's a group in Nosal who are members of our church who their small group just kept growing. So now they've started this sort of prayer gathering in a local tea room. And so we call that Cafe Church. So it's kind of any place where somebody is willing to talk about and hear about Jesus, we will show up and tell you about Jesus.
1: Sounds great. So that's a bit about you and the church, but we're particularly thinking about pub church, one of these congregations. Tell us a bit about the motivation behind pub church. You've sort of talked about the wider context of the church and how it starting these things, well particularly pub church. What were the sort of motivations behind that particular expression? Yeah. Church?
2: The pub church actually predates me, but the pub church team, as it were, has been going for probably three to four years, I think. So I've only been here for about part of that journey, maybe half of that time. And obviously, you know, we have a real missional heart, but there was a particular group of people who lived on a housing estate called Highfields here in Stafford. And they're all part of the community there, and they just had a real heart for their community. So it started with prayer walking, and people just prayer walking in the community. And the way the story's been told to me is that they stopped in the midst of their prayer walking in the local pub, as you do, and it's sort of over the midst of conversations and time, it sort of this idea of knowing that they wanted to serve their community and wanted to really be embedded and care for the people in their community but also here's this local pub and is this a sign if you will or is this an opportunity so I think it really grew out of a group of people who said we love our community there's a lot of needs here is there a way and in fact they used to call themselves serve because they had this sort of vision for how do we serve and engage with our community
1: that's great I'm wondering about you took the stories fun where, you know, people stop in the middle of a prayer walk at a pub. I'm wondering whether that was sort of universally church meeting in a pub isn't something that naturally sort of comes to mind yeah. really. And uh, I just wondering whether there was a sense when people were hearing God mm. perhaps speaking in that way, there was some reluctance or challenge there?
2: To be fair I don't actually think they started with church in mind like they started with the idea of we just want to do something for our community and so they saw the pub as well this is a hub in this community and so I think the pub was just sort of a a central meeting place so I think church sort of developed they I think there were a group of people who went to that pub every Thursday night for two years and prayer walked and tried to build relationships before there was ever anything remotely looking like a church service and even what we do now is probably not traditional church but you're right i think it is very out of the box for people and there are people who sort of say what do you do there anyway so yeah it is but a little bit at beacon i think we just we've we've cast this vision for a long time they just have this vision and so i think people it's just a community of people who are really willing to take risks maybe
1: the permission has been given and so something mm-hmm. like that comes up and it's if this is what God's saying to us we'll just go for it
2: yeah I think
1: yeah. so A sense of talked about that early on inspiration to to meet in that place or that might be what God's saying but you it's interesting you talked about sort of two years of, of investment in it sort of being there regularly engaging with people locally that's I think sometimes we tell these stories as if you know things happen overnight, and it just yeah. this wonderful story. But it sounds like not necessarily hard work going to the pub every week, but, but a sense of actually investment and relational time being spent with people.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. I think that is true, and I think actually it's a really It's helpful for me to keep coming back to it because I wasn't a part of that two years, right? And it is easy to want to say, right, so what's the next thing, the next thing, but actually it is a bit of a grind. It is every week and as fun as it sounds to be at the pub, sometimes you just don't feel like going out on that Thursday and it was just faithfully saying, no, no, we need to be here week after week after week, partially because I think the community there have had lots of churches and organizations try to come in and say, we're gonna help you, and have been let down. So they're not always super open. They're very nice, but just like, sure, sure you are, thumbs up. So I think there was something that needed to be demonstrated by us as a church to say, no, we're committed to this community and we're a part of this community. And we are just here, even if nothing's happening, we're here because we're a part of this community and we want to we want to be a part of it yeah it was a gradual progression and it still is to be fair it's we have you know a two steps forward one step back i think sometimes
1: yeah so it sounds like early on there was that sort of nudge by god that this might be a place that he would use a building in at the heart of the community that he might use for for his purposes but is there a sense of god's guidance throughout there i mean are there any particular stories of sort of god continuing to reassure you this is you're on the right path and signs of his guidance along the way
2: there definitely have been. I would say the key thing that always comes to my mind when we think about the sort of the pub church community is actually the landlady at the pub. Her name is Debbie. She's really a person of peace. Like, that's the only way to describe her because she's not a believer. And in fact, you could show up at the pub church service on any given fourth Sunday and she might walk in in the middle of the sermon and start talking about random things. Like, okay. she isn't, it's not like she gets church in any traditional sense of the idea, but she is just a person of peace. There is something you just know that the spirit is moving. And we pray for Debbie. I believe Debbie's going to be baptized one of these days. But she is she's very welcoming and she's always just said whatever you want to do. Really, we have done so many different things in the pub over the years. And she's always just kind of shrugged her shoulders and said, Yeah sure, if you think it'll work, if you think people want to come to church in a pub, even even the non-Christians are not convinced that church in a pub is a good idea. (laughs) But she has really been somebody who's just said yeah come in. Whatever you need she you know we don't pay to use the pub for the pub church you know she's just sort of created that space for us and been very welcoming and she advertises pub church on the pub's you know business page and you know all of those things. she doesn't have to do that but she cares about the community as well and we tell i tell her all the time, Debbie, you know, you look a lot like Jesus, because the things that she does in the community and the way that people uh, rely on her in the community, she is sort of a picture of what Jesus would have been like in that community. And so we want to help her to, to get that picture as well. So I would say Debbie is definitely sort of that key. If the doors don't open, it doesn't work. And I think God has used Debbie, the Holy Spirit really opening doors for us, because We don't own anything on the estate. There is no space that belongs to us. We're only there if we're invited in.
1: You're there as guests, and I just encourage those that are listening to this podcast, maybe say a prayer for Debbie. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Everyone pray for Debbie, but it's great that she's that person of peace phrase. I've heard a number of times through the Mm -hmm. podcast, the various stories, people who just, like you say, open doors and provide ways for God's work to flourish. So you've talked about meeting on a Thursday on a regular basis, but you also talked about gathering on a Sunday as pub church so tell us a so you talked about regularly meeting weekly on a Thursday. so tell us a bit about the i mean what you do then and also what the Sunday gathering looks like.
2: It's been a bit of an evolution, I would say what we did at the start is not so. There was a team for, I'd say, and even my first year here, I'd say probably three solid years every Thursday. Someone, some combination of team members, because we about probably seven or eight people on a leadership team, like a core team, and then 15, sort of part of the wider community of mostly people who live on the estate. So some combination were there every Thursday for about two or three years. But since then, partially because of the economy, like people are not always at the pub every Thursday in in the same numbers that they were a few years ago. And partially because what I noticed and as a team we began to discuss is We wanted to build relationships that existed outside of the pub. We found everyone is friendly to you in your sipping a pint and having a chat but that was it, like we couldn't, we couldn't get beyond that. So we wanted to sort of push in a bit and say, how do we have relationships that are genuine, deep rooted friendships, um, where there's trust and there's companionship. So what we've done over the years, I'd say in the last eight or nine months, we came with the idea of let's do something on a Thursday that builds different kinds of conversations. So we did games nights where we'd bring in board games. We did all sorts of things. And eventually we landed on a pub quiz and we tried a pub quiz four or five times and we served a meal that we prepared we would bring in the food because they don't serve food at the pub there so we would bring in our own food we would search google for questions (laughs) we are not professionals and we put on a pub quiz and we probably did it four or five times and it was we would get 40 or 50 people people that didn't normally come to the pub so Sweet Debbie, loves that. And we're saying, wow, we're meeting people that we wouldn't normally meet on the average Thursday. So since starting that, we now, over the summer, have just started doing it every single month. So every month, the fourth Thursday of the month, we are there, the Beacon Church pub quiz. And all kinds of people come in. We have a lot of regulars that we've gotten to know as a result of that. So that's a lot of what we do on the Thursdays now is aimed around sort of very intentional an activity where we're able to deepen relationships and really get to know people and get to know people who are not spending every Thursday night at the pub, but who might pop in for a, a quiz and a curry night. So that's the Thursdays. Sundays again has had a transition as well so we were meeting in the mornings on a sunday morning i think around 10:30 and we would bring food again cuz who doesn't want food and we did breakfast and chatting and and it looked a lot more like church in a pub if that makes sense in other words there was a talk there was you know a guy was an acoustic playing worship but through lots of conversation we sort of said right but people aren't in a pub at 10 30 in the morning the pub is closed she opens it for us so we're never going to accidentally bump into someone and people have stayed out late drinking on saturday are probably not wanting to get up early <laughs> go to church even at the pub on sunday morning so just three months ago we've decided to shift to a sunday evening so now what we do on a Sunday evening is we set up, and our service now, if you want to call it that, is mostly music. Because one of the things that the Ox Leathers does every Friday and Saturday is karaoke, and they get a huge turnout, and people love the karaoke there. It's just that community really responds to it. So we said, right, well, we can do our own sort of feeling of that. So we use YouTube videos, and we get really fun worship music, and we do a lot of music. And then the, the talk that we do is actually, I take something from one of the songs, like say Lion and the Lamb, and I pull out scriptures from the Bible and say, well, why do we sing about this? What does this mean? So we do a sermon basically explaining a song. And Debbie gives us the freedom. We use the sound system. We cr- You cannot go anywhere in the pub and not hear the pub church team singing in the back room when people, you know, peeking their head through what's going on back there and things have evolved. But that's, and that's the fourth Sunday. So just one time a month we meet and we do that together.
1: That's great. And so I'm trying to understand the progression that people might go on. So you've got a a leadership team, you've got a a wider community, and I'm imagining people meeting on a Thursday and occasionally being invited to the fourth Sunday. And how does that work? And how are people making that journey, as it were, from, from a conversation on a Thursday to being in the back room of the pub on a Sunday?
2: It's interesting. It happens in all sorts of ways. So we try to be strategic. So we have the quiz on the Thursday before pub church. Right. So it's the shortest period of time, and we put leaflets out, and we always say we're going to be here on Sunday, you know, and and there, so everyone is aware. Um, but I would say actually ninety percent of the people who walk through the door for Pub Church come because of a relationship with someone on the team. So when we do the quiz, we have as few people as possible from the church who are doing jobs if you will you know serving food actually we say the most important job you can do at the pub quiz is join a team with with someone from the pub and just hang out and spend time and trying to It's off the back of that, my housemate is a part of pub church as well, and she got to know some people that she played on the team with them every week, and we were invited to their wedding, and they're real connections and friendships. So it's off the back of those relationships then that we invite people into pub church. And it's also just, I think, the consistency of presence. So last time we met in August, we had some people in the pub who came back to the pub church and said, you know, Judy's mom passed away can the pub church pray for her? And we said, why don't you come back and join us? And we'll say a prayer. And then they said, we're going to come back next month. Can we do a little something? So yes, sometimes it's like that. People just walk back because they know we're back there and we're always there and we're in the pub all the time. And, but lots of times it's us very intentionally saying our team, when we meet, who's the person that you're connecting with? Who's the person that you're praying for? Who's the person that the Holy Spirit has put on your heart that you're kind of pursuing a relationship with? And then how do we invite them into, whether it's inviting them to the quiz or inviting them to pub church or inviting them to coffee, whatever stage of relationship that we're in.
1: And so the people that are involved, as it were, from the church sort of initiating and facilitating this to happen, they're people that live locally in that, around the community within, around the pub and the community that's around it. I'd
2: say of the 15 people who come along, probably half of them live on the estate within walking distance of the pub. And then the other half, several of them used to live on the estate. So they have lots of friends in the community. I'm probably the furthest outlier of the group, but (laughs) apparently I'm so far outside that I'm in again. That's what they tell me.
1: That's great. And are they, I don't want you to break confidences or I'm, Mm -hmm identify individual people but i'm wondering whether the, this group of people for them the pub is a natural space for them people who although they're come from the church actually that they would do that on a regular basis perhaps not every week on a thursday but is this a, a familiar space for them or is is this something they've had to as it were enter a new space and get used to the a new culture of the church it may be a mixture of people i don't know
2: yeah, I would say it is a mixture. So there's some people, we have one family on the team and the mom and the daughter both used to run pubs themselves. And pub life is very much comfortable for them and a part of their sort of DNA. And there are definitely people within the community who they are no, they were known at the pub long before we were because they're just part of the community there. Um, but then there's others of us who probably Yeah, it's, it would be for, I mean, my housemate is from London. So a small town pub (laughs) is very different for her. And we have all ages from 27 to 67 on the team. So it isn't, we're not homogenous in any way, really. So yeah, I think it's comfortable for, for some, I think for others, it's really not, which is partially why we've had to think really carefully about how do we help ourselves to build relationships so like a pub quiz you have a reason to talk to someone that doesn't feel inauthentic or strange Um, so things like that to to make it easier because recognizing that not everyone can just walk up to a stranger in a pub and start a conversation
1: but you've been able to help people and like you say think about how to enable that I was imagining on a Thursday evening and you're talking to me meeting as a group it'd be very easy and the safest thing would be to sit in the corner as a group of people who know one another and and not engaged but like you say people have been stepping out perhaps a bit of their comfort zones and engaging in conversations that wouldn't necessarily be easy to start.
2: I think that was a challenge as well. I think that did happen at times. You know, there there are, especially if you've had a long day of work, I mean, everyone except for myself on the team is a volunteer. The pub church is run. And before I came was run by volunteers. So everyone is working full time and have kids and all sorts of responsibilities. And after a long day, you probably do just want to sit with your friends and enjoy a drink and not really have to be uncomfortable. So Yeah, we did find that actually some people's personalities quite lent themselves to just chatting and others, we found it helpful to do a games night or do a quiz or come to the karaoke or, you know, whatever things are happening at the pub or whatever things we can join in with because it's easier.
1: And it sounds like there's been a sort of a spirit of experimentation or we tried that and it didn't work and we've tried that and that works a bit better. And it's sort of, like you say, evolving into Mm -hmm. something that's got a rhythm now and feels as right as it can be at the moment and may need to change again in the future but it's, it feels right at the moment
2: yeah that's exactly right i definitely think within our church as a whole we would say we have permission to fail you know you can try something and if you if it doesn't work that's that's okay it's not a problem you know to try something and have it not work so it does i don't know anyone else doing it i'm sure there are people but i haven't experienced it so we are just sort of making it up as we go along sometimes and Sometimes we accidentally do something that works and you think, wow, I didn't mean to do that, but let's, let's do it on purpose next time. And, and other things, we think this is the best idea ever and it's not. So, you know, we just have to be comfortable with that, you know.
1: In terms of the fruit of what you've been doing, you've already talked about one conversation about sort of prayer and, and time of bereavement. Mm -hmm. or or what have you and an invitation to a wedding and but can you describe some of the fruit that you've seen in the relationships and in the conversations that you've had over the last few years
2: for me even just reflecting on it this morning and thinking about where has pub church started and where have we come when we started we were just a group of nice people church people in a pub that people sort of knew but we didn't know each other well and i would say now we have lots of all of us have lots of these experiences where we're recognizing a deepening of relationships, where we are being invited into spaces like a bereavement, like a wedding. There was specifically, some people will remember from national news, there was a house fire in Stafford and the pub on Highfields is just walking distance from that house. So the family wanted to do a vigil and they came to the pub church team, which I don't know that that would be your first thought necessarily in terms of a church team to lead a vigil and to pray for families in the, in the community. But they came to us and they asked us to be a part of that, which said a lot, I think, about us being welcomed into the community and saying, you're, you're one of us now and being accepted. I think that's, I just think that was a really pivotal moment in a really tragic sense but it really allowed us to demonstrate that we are one of you and we're part of you and also allowed them to communicate, yeah, actually we do want you here, even in these hard moments. So I think we've seen that. We've also have had, so when I first started about a year and a half ago, there weren't any non-Christians coming to pub church. There were non-Christians in the pub, but there weren't any at pub church. And since then, now we do have, we have non-Christians coming every single week. There are non-Christians coming along they're inviting their friends. I had a girl that I'm friends with come along and she said, I was texting my husband the whole time telling him he would really like it and he needs to come. So we are really excited because we feel like we're kind of on the cusp. Like right now as a team, we just met last night actually. And as a team, we are praying for a baptism in the next year because we feel like it's coming. We feel like while people are coming along people are excited and they're inviting their friends they're invite i'm it's not just me inviting friends it's actually my non-christian friends are telling their friends come to pub church because it's not what you think it is
1: that's great and it's good to hear a story in the middle of a journey people coming is great but that sort of sense of a baptism yet not yet but no yeah that the journey you're on the way and there's a sense in which god is is at work and in the midst of it final question before i ask you if there's anything else you want to say but just thinking in terms of if people do start coming as they are to pub church and make a commitment of faith is there a sense in which this is going to be their church you talk about one church and a number of congregations or will there be an expectation that they'll go to what is also happening at the beacon center or is there a sense with you as a team how that might happen or are you going to wait and see when it happens?
2: A little bit I'm sure it is a wait and see I don't think we have a plan in place as such we have started talking about how do we meet with people like there are people who come to Pup Church and they're so excited when they come and they're buzzing and they love it but then I don't see them again maybe for a month even if they come every month so we have started talking you know do we want to try to progress these relationships to the point that maybe we do an alpha at the pub? Or maybe we do some other, you know, Christianity Explored or something. So we are thinking about, you know, do we want to start some sort of Bible study or some sort of thing that happens actually weekly that people can get engaged with? Whether or not Pub church becomes a weekly thing and this is their church. Hey, why not? Like we're open to it. I wouldn't say no. Or it may be that some of the people come to pub church and maybe they make a profession of faith and they say, you know what, actually, we want to come along to Beacon Church. Or maybe they go to another church on the estate. We're okay with that. It's for the kingdom. It's not about Beacon Church. We're focused on baptisms and trusting that whatever comes after that will be what the holy spirit hopefully the holy spirit is guiding us to do and and what seems right for the community and and what's comfortable for them but hey i'd be more than happy to have a service at PUB church every week
1: sounds great and i love the way there's not a a clear plan it's we call this the missional adventure podcast and the sense of adventure (laughs) is you you don't quite know what's around the corner a real open to whatever god does through his spirit in terms of how he guides you and uh, what he does in the lives of those that you're you're connecting with so bless you in what you're doing. Is there any final thoughts or things you want to, to say that I haven't asked you about?
2: I think the only thing I would say is just an encouragement. You know, the thing that's been encouraging to me is talking to, I help out and have attended Firestarters conversations and spoken to, I went to a missions conference that the Baptist Union put on. And all of these having conversations with different pastors who are doing missional things. And every time the reminder is again and again, oh, we did this for five years before someone came, or we did this for three years. or we. It's just that reminder if wherever you are, whether it's missional or whether it's just plodding along in a traditional church model, seeing people come to know Jesus is a lifelong commitment. It's not a short-term project, so don't give up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be my, it's a reminder that I need often. Don't give up, you know, keep going because God moves. And then there will be these, bursts and pops where something happens and you think oh oh right yeah this is the thing we're doing but it's just that sort of faithfulness to say I need to keep showing up and keep showing up and keep showing up which I think actually is much harder than the big hard problem sometimes it's just the faithful grind I think that can be difficult so I find it a helpful reminder
1: really good last word thank you Chrissy, for all that you've shared with us about pub church up in Stafford and yeah hopefully others will be inspired to do their own thing not to copy what you've done necessarily but to ask God what he's calling them to do and to be obedient to it thanks again Chrissy. yeah no
2: problem bye
0: at the end of each episode we want to point you in the direction of a resource that may be helpful in your mission and adventure so keep listening for even more inspiration Do you have new housing springing up in your area? We are in a housing crisis. The government has set a target of 300,000 new homes each year, every year for the foreseeable future. We feel this is a Kairos moment when God is inviting us to join in with Him, loving these new communities and digging His blessing into the very foundation of these new areas. The New Housing Hub is a national ecumenical network with a vision to work together to share God's love with every new housing area. The New Housing Hub exists to journey alongside local grassroots Christians, individual churches, ecumenical groups, denominational bodies and housing stakeholders. We aim to inspire, equip and nurture sharing God's love with every new housing area. And to network together those who share a vision for mutual sharing, equipping and encouraging. You can join the conversation at Facebook New Housing Hub page and group. Twitter at New Housing Hub. Check out the website at newhousinghub.org for training resources, videos, blogs, details of conferences, training events and courses. You can also book us specifically for your context. Contact me, Penny Marsh. And me, Ali Bolton via info at newhousinghub.org We are both practitioners with a passion to see God's kingdom come in our new estates and to birth new disciples and churches Let's work together and share God's love with every new housing area The Missional Adventure podcasts have been made possible through funding provided by Baptists Together. The music is from the adventure, an original song written by Andy Flanagan and recorded by Matt Osgood. Editing of the podcast is by Emma Garner, and this has been a River Tree Limited production.